Morning, everybody. My name is Bob Street. I'm a retired United Reformed Church minister, and I'm chairman of the Recovery Course Charity. I've been working with Justin Larkham for about six and a half years. You will be hearing his testimony in a moment. It's a harrowing testimony, a testimony um, to the devastating damage that addictions can cause, but it's also a testimony to our Heavenly Father who can break the power of addiction in, in people's lives and delights to do so in Jesus' name. What you're about to hear is Justin's testimony recorded some time ago, and you might well be asking, why is he not introducing it himself? When Justin finally got on his knees, repented before God, and asked for the Lord's help, the power of his addiction was broken in his life, and some of the consequences were quickly sorted out, but not all. In particular, there were relationship consequences, mainly relating to his children, which still remain unresolved, and at the moment are very painful for Justin. He sends his apologies, and Justin and I pray that what you are about to hear will be an, a blessing and an encouragement for you, particularly if you or those close to you suffer from an addiction. We believe that our Lord is powerfully at work in the recovery course, and we pray that you as a church may experience it yourself. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I um, come from a Christian home. Um, my uh, mother is uh, quite a well-known Christian author. She um, uh, and my father um, gave me the perfect upbringing. Got five brothers and sisters. Um, I left home, went to university, then went on to the army. Uh, I got the sword of honour at Sandhurst, um, which uh, was awarded to by the Queen to the officer cadet who passed out top of their intake. Um, I served in Bosnia and Northern Ireland uh, and for a period of time was the youngest major in the British Army. Um, I left the Army age 30 and I went to work in the city um, and had a successful career in the city uh, in finance. I was married to a gorgeous lady, I had a son with another one on the way. We owned our own house, I had a smart car, she had a smart car, we had holidays, we had everything we could ever want. And then one Saturday morning um, I was bored at home, I turned on the TV, a rugby match came on, there was an advertising hoard to say £5 free bet. I got my laptop from nowhere, I'd never placed a bet before, opened an account online, put a £5 bet on and I won that bet and I often wonder what would happen if I'd lost that bet. But I won and from that moment on I slowly developed a habit in online gambling. I didn't tell my wife because it felt somehow dirty, not really clean. I don't think she'd have been too pleased to know I was wasting my money. Uh, after my initial win, I began to lose more often than not. And one day uh, I did a calculation to work out how much I had lost. And I stepped over the line because I began to chase my losses. I didn't like losing. Um, I felt I was a competitive person. I hated losing. So I calculated how much uh, I could put down to win everything back in one go. Uh, I borrowed the thousand pounds that I needed to do that and I lost. From then on, 
uh, I just let myself go. Um, I began to place more and more um, bets. I began to spend more and more time on my own upstairs. I withdrew from work. I withdrew from being a father. I stopped functioning as a husband. Uh, when I spent all the money that I had in, in savings, I started taking the equity out of our house without telling my wife. In the second year of gambling, I was borrowing heavily wherever I could, from the banks, from credit cards, from payday loans, anyone who'd lend me money. I lied to my friends to get money from them. I even lied to my, my mum who guaranteed a loan for me. In the third year, I had lost all reason um, and I was doing some stupid things. Um, financially, uh, I had no money left. I was servicing my debt. I had a six-figure salary and all my monthly wage was going to service the debt to pay off my gambling debts. Um, I began selling things in the house and when there was nothing obvious left to sell, uh, I put some money on my corporate card from work. Uh, I knew I'd be found out, but it took them two months before they phoned up and said we had to have a talk. I lost my job, but still that wasn't enough. I had further to fall. Um, even when my wife finally found out, when she found a bank statement, uh, I still hadn't reached my rock bottom. She left a few weeks later, uh, and that was a dark time for me. I was having suicidal thoughts. Um, I sold things that were very special to us, very precious, that couldn't be replaced. And then one day my mum got to hear that I was about to be made homeless. I had five months rent owing. And she came up and sat me down with my brother and my dad and just said, look, you're going to be homeless or you can come back and live with one of us. That was my rock bottom. All my pride that had stopped me from talking about my problem and being open about it had gone out the window and I was totally humiliated. My relationship with God had suffered. Um, I had a close walk with God before I started gambling, um, but I knew gambling was wrong. I knew it was selfish. I knew my stealing and my lying and my cheating was wrong. And rather than asking for help, uh, I just carried on and that blocked my relationship completely with God. So that night when I got home to my mum's spare room, which I'd left um, 18 years old, bright eyed, bushy tail going out into the world um, with a black bin liner of stuff to my name now, I got down on my knees and I prayed. I asked for forgiveness um, and I asked for help. My pride finally had been broken uh, and God could do his work of, of restoring and healing. Um, and he has done that since. Um, so we did some practical things to start with. Um, I saw someone about my debts. I had £70,000 worth of debt. Um, and I had to see someone quickly about that. And there was a Christian organisation through my church that gave me some debt counselling and we quickly rescheduled things and got back on track. Um, I got back into work. So the financial things began to be restored. They're the first things that came back. But my relationship with my children and my wife um, was still very difficult. Um, they were living in Derbyshire and I was living down in Kent. I tried all I could to go and see them, um, but it was, uh, it was very difficult to do that. Um, in terms of um, my own self-respect, because that's something that I lost, uh, I began swimming again. Um, and I can say now that um, in uh, just over a week, I'm going to attempt uh, to cross to France. Why would I do that when there's perfectly good ferries that can take me? I don't know. But I want to give something back. I've taken so much. Uh, my little son, Matthew, has hemiplegia, right side hemiplegia. He had a stroke when he was born. 
And uh, I'm raising some money for his charity, a charity that support young people with hemiplegia, um, which is all good. And I've been able to write a book over the last year. Um, not, not an addiction book, not a, not a rescue manual. It's just purely a story. Um, uh, it's, it's my story, if you like. And it's a story of hope too, because I totally believe um, that that day when I got down on my knees, um, Christ came in and changed me. Um, I started working the 12-step program through Gamblers Anonymous. Um, I was never quite comfortable with Gamblers Anonymous because I knew in my heart that it was God that had healed me, not a God of my understanding. It was my creator and not my higher power. So I had always been looking um, for some way of, of um, going to a recovery group that actually was honest, that actually admitted that it's the power of Christ that sets us free. And so I was delighted to find the recovery course. The fundamental step for me and the reason why I caused so much destruction in my life, I lost my job and my home, my wife and my children, um, was because I hadn't reached step one. I wasn't ready to admit that I had a problem. Um, I felt if I did have a problem, I was the one that had to fix it. Um, I just thought I could carry on gambling and bet my way out of trouble. Uh, which is a complete delusion. Over the space of three years, um, I lost three quarters of a million pounds in total through my gambling. Money that was um, mine, money that was my wife's, um, money that was uh, belonging to other people and my own company. Um, I, I, when I was, the thing that it robs you of is it robs you of your logical thought. No, no father would treat their children in the way that I treated Matthew on the day when all he wanted to do was go to the swings with his dad. And it was a wet day, we were down at my in-law's house and um, Matthew just kept saying, I wanna to go to the swings with my daddy, I wanna to go to the swings. So my wife Emma, she said, okay, but go home first and get his coat um, because it's raining. So we drove back, Matthew was all excited on our way and then he realized we weren't actually going directly to the swings, he was a bit disappointed. I pulled up outside the house, went in, put my hand on the coat, and then I just remembered a bet that I placed that morning, and I just thought, oh, go and check um, that my account's been credited. So I went upstairs and I checked and I'd lost that bet. I was so cross that the bet was gonna destroy my time with my son. I, I sat there and two and a half hours later, my bank account was empty, and I went downstairs and Matthew had fallen asleep in the car, and streaks of the dried tears were on his cheeks. Uh, the depths you fall to are horrible um, when an addiction takes hold of you and makes you do things that you would never do. I, uh, my most prized possession of all that I, um, that I had, it wasn't particularly valuable, um, but it was the sort of honor I was awarded by the Queen on the day I graduated from the Royal Military Academy, Santest. It was something that was gonna be handed down to my children. Um, it was a precious, precious thing. One day, uh, I took it to an antique shop in the town. I got 200 pounds for it. And I was crying as I left that shop because I knew what I'd done. And, uh, and I lost that money in just a couple of hours that afternoon. The worst bet I ever placed, the biggest bet that I ever placed, um, was for a bet that did look like a dead cert. Um, I 
back the world's number one tennis player, a women's tennis player, Victoria Azarenka at the time. Um, she was playing a rank outsider, a couple of hundred points below her in the world rankings. Uh, I had to bet a lot of money because the odds were so bad. Um, to get a couple of hundred pounds back, I bet 17,000 pounds that she would win. She won the first set, and uh, so when my wife shouted up from downstairs, let's go and get some toilet brushes, um, we, we need to buy one, uh, I thought, no, okay, no problem. Uh, rather than making an excuse like I would have done, uh, I got up and we went to the DIY shop. Um, we were looking for these toilet brushes, and I remember sneaking off round an aisle to have a look at my phone to make sure the money had been credited to my account. I couldn't work out why it hasn't. hadn't. I, I found out from another sports page that she had got injured in the second set and forfeited the game. My wife popped her head around the aisle then, we're holding these two brushes, one for £1.50 and one for £2, and she said, oh, which one should we choose? I could have bought 8,000 toilet brushes for the price uh, of the bet that I just lost, and I said, oh, uh, £1.51. Um, the, that's an example of the sheer deceit that you go to. Um, and um, the depths that you can stoop to. So really when I was broken, I reached that point where I knew I had a problem. I put my hand up and asked for some help. The recovery course helped me uh, a huge amount um, because I felt it was just an honest course. Um, rather than pretending that you, your higher power is a chair in the corner, you're actually being honest and saying it's God. And what I would say to anyone who's um, coming to recovery course for the very first time, stick it out, give it a couple of goes. If you maybe don't feel comfortable the first week, come back the second week, because you will find recovery here. Uh, I, I am just amazed at the sheer um, percentage of people that this has helped. Um, the, from all walks of life, from all kinds of addictions, um, people who believe in, in God and people who don't. Uh, you don't have to be uh, a Christian to come and get recovery. Uh, it's there for you. Stick with it. Keep coming. And even when you don't feel like coming, keep coming again. And I guarantee when you go home, you will feel so much better. It's, uh, it's been quite a journey. It is still a journey. I recognise that I will always be a gambling addict. Uh, and I am only one better way from trashing my life again. So I take one step at a time. Um, but I also believe immensely um, in the power of Christ to heal us. And I do think that he healed me that night back in November 2012. Um, but I am not complacent. Things that are important to me now aren't money, status, uh, popularity. Things that are important are relationships. And I know that I have to keep clo closely walking with Christ um, because he's the one that set me free. And the healing that I have is an ongoing healing. Um, and it's just amazing what he's done. Just amazing. So thank you, Justin, for joining us today and bringing your message to us. And I hope this service has been helpful to some people here today. And if you've been affected in any way, do talk to someone, someone that you trust. Or talk to one of our ministers, Charlie or Andy here. And do look at some of the links and resources that are on our website this week. And if you're interested in helping to run and support with prayer a recovery course here in the Seven Oaks area, do please get in contact with me, Angela Painter, over the, the next week or two.
And now we just say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.